Welcome to Bear Essential on Fitness, where we will talk on different aspects of fitness and have special guests such as local athletic directors and coaches. Also be able to meet trainers and locally and nationally to get their expertise and their aspects on different sports, as well as the training that they get. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. This is uh, Coach Chris from Bear Fitness Essentials. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing James. He has is a not only a Navy veteran, but he's taken that leadership that he learned in there and is now made a being one of the good trainers and coaches, not just in Virginia, but he's also been training at different areas across the country. So I'm going to let James take it away. James, tell the, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me on, Chris. Um, well, like you said, Navy vet. I did that for five years. I worked on the targeting systems for the F-18s. Uh, once I got out, I was sitting behind a desk and I was bored out of my mind, man. Uh, I hated sitting behind a computer, decided to go into the fitness world, got my certification with the NSCA. Um, from there, I started working at the big box gyms, like 24-Hour Fitness, LA Fitness. And it just was not a good fit for me. I just could not do that whole selling portion um, that 24 hour likes to do. Um, so I started going back to school, met a mentor of mine, uh, Tim Vegan. He really took me on under his wing and started showing me the different avenues that you could uh, really start to make an impact in, in athletics. So uh, from there, uh, got in contact with uh, the Seattle Storm uh, sports performance coach, Emily Blurton. Um, we had a talk. It was supposed to be about a half hour talk and ended up being about two hours. We stopped at uh, Starbucks and we really just hit it off. And from then, man, it just hit the ground running. They brought me in as the apprentice and uh, me and her worked really well together. She was more of the recovery side of things. And I was more of the uh, explosive uh, high power type stuff. And so it was a really good balance. And um, after that, COVID hit. So uh, they went to the wobble, really brought it down to a skeleton crew type thing. Um, me and her talk constantly. And that's when I decided to open my own business, start working with Lee. And um, it took me a while to actually uh, figure out who I wanted to work with. And Lee helped me with that. It took us about eight weeks to kind of figure out, hey, I want to work with the youth athletes and specific ages and stuff like that. And um, we moved to Virginia about a month ago now, man, and um, got in over here with a couple AAU coaches, high school coaches, and uh, showed them what I could do. And now business is starting to take off, man. People are starting to know who I am and kind of get a feel for what it is I actually do. So so where in Virginia you're at? Because we know it's pretty big size. Yeah, um, I'm actually in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So within the city limits. Um, I was traveling out to Newport News there for a little bit. Um, Chesapeake, I, I have something going out over there as well. So, how's the humidity over there? Man, I do not miss it. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't either. Yeah, it's just one of those things, man, where you have to walk outside and you have to chew the air before you can actually breathe it. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So you were talking about Lee because we both are friends with him. He's yep. both helped us mentor. Um, what are some of the big things that, uh, Lee helped you to, uh, understand about where you want to go and how you want to train kids? 
Well, it really started off with his concepts and understanding how the body moves when we're trying to do different things. So it really comes down to what's the goal. And one thing it got me to understand is if speed is the goal, that's what we need to work on, work on it first. And then if it's like conditioning later, then we can work on that on the back end of the sessions. Um, but really the force application and force angles of the, the legs and what the body's doing in relation to that and how we can actually produce that power. So this not so much his words, but mine, but I break down speed into about three things is how hard can you push into the ground? How fast can you push into the ground? And what direction are you pushing in? You master those three things. You're going to be an overall beast of an athlete. And you you just talked about, um, we were talking about earlier about your uh, new camp. You just started for uh, basketball. Um, What is your biggest thing that you think the kids will take away from the camp? If you named one, if you could name the top three, Top three things they would take from my camp. One is the education piece and know that it's um, a learning process. You're not going to master it right away. Uh, Two is going to be having fun with it because it's a new environment. And if you're having fun, you're more willing to learn. And three, we're building a community. It's really uh, building off of that because if you ain't got the community and it's not fun, you're not going to learn anything off of it. So I think that's where my camp's different a little bit. We can sit here and talk about the mechanics and all the different portions of it. But if I'm just a jerk and these kids don't like me and their parents don't like me, then nobody's going to want to train, you know? So you really got to bring that personality to it and really learn your athletes. So for me, that really goes into like my philosophies. Um, It's which, which are really broken into three pieces. Um, my first part is to create that environment that is really encouraging and it gets my athletes to learn. It gets them to fail and it also gets them to develop both on and off the court. And I love the fail portion just for the fact that, you know, it's a learning environment. I want them to fail. I want them to fail with me so we can sit here and talk about it, go back and forth versus in a game and having them get hurt or something, you know, um, every athlete's a little bit different as well and really learning that specific athlete and how to motivate them because every athlete's not the same they all have their own motivations they all have their own coaching types coaching methods that they like and will respond to plus at the very end of the day if we can pass all of our knowledge that me and you both have and give it to somebody else that doesn't have it then we're succeeding at that point you know everyone thinks they have the secret sauce to this and I hate to break it to everybody out there. We're in the day of the internet. You can go out and find all this information. Now it's just trying to find out who has the good information versus the bad. Kind of like what you said earlier, the good, bad, and the ugly, right? So that's, I think, really going to start to di- differentiate both of us at this point. Also, I think uh, having you as a coach, um, you like you said, you can look at the video all day. We can practice and think we're doing it right. And having you as a coach, you're able to look at that same movement that looks like it should be you you think you're doing it on video, but then you're able to break it down. Yeah. And that's, that's where I think the, the individuality portion comes into it. Right. Cause a mentor of mine always tells me that what I have seen a hundred times, he has seen a thousand times 
which his mentor seen 10,000 times, you know, and it's really starting to develop that, that coach's eye to pick it up on less and less time seeing it, if that makes sense. So um, if we talk about like the shoulder sway or the shoulder dip, being able to catch that when they, when they first start moving, then you're going to help the athlete sooner than trying to catch it on film, you know? And I think that's what really um, sets everything apart as well, because then you can pinpoint it and then you can go, go and correct it at that point versus having to sit there, go through all this videotape and try to break it down after the fact. What do you think your uh, greatest asset is when it comes to the different trainings? Cause I know you have different uh, perspectives as well on the different sports, but uh, we all know as a movement coach where we bring one certain thing that we're really good at. And what do you think yours is when it comes to helping these athletes? I think mine is the change of direction, um, being able to shift the weight and being able to own that position that they need to be in. Um, I'm learning to stay in my lane a lot more these days, because if I say, hey, I'm all about the linear acceleration, there are going to be a ton of track coaches out there telling me I'm doing something wrong, you know, but the change of direction, I think, is what really sets multi-planar sports apart than just track and field um you can go from basketball to volleyball to football to hockey like there's so many sports that it covers with just that and i think being able to communicate that to all age groups is something that i do really well if you can sit here and talk above everybody's head and they'll just look at you like a deer in headlight man they'll be like i have no idea what you said but if you can break it down to like a fifth grade level and they can understand it and then tell you in their own words, I think that's what really gets them to start learning a little bit more and a little bit faster. Why do you think lateral is so important? As far as what? Uh, sports. I know I'm, I'm a complete agreement with you uh, since uh, like you said, a lot of people focus so much on the forward, but 90% of the sport is actually stop and go sideways. So, right. so for you, what is your uh, take on uh, why the efficient, what, what, what helps to make it more efficient? To make it more efficient, we need to move in those, those directions. Because if you think about it, all day, every day, we walk forward or backwards. You know, we hardly ever move sideways or do like a side lunge. And those patterns, if we can start to reinforce them, especially at a younger age, we can definitely make them a better athlete because now they are knowing how to load in that position, like the lateral positions, which is only going to get them stronger, going to get them to um, get those elastic qualities that we need for them to be fast, faster and to change those directions a little bit easier. And to make it effective, it's just fine tuning the technique. You know, I'm really big on Lee's uh, reactive tier system. Absolutely love it it's one of the best tools that I can use because I'm seeing how they're moving when there's a competition and not just a drill, if that makes sense. It does. I tell the kids, I can put you into, uh, we can do the same movement over and over again. And until you get excited, that's when we find out if you actually learned it. Yeah. And not here, but the body. Yeah. And that's why I, I love races because they're in a competitive setting. They see somebody they're like, Oh man, I better not get beat. You know, cause we do like push-ups or jumping jacks, something like that, you know, yeah. something fun for them. 
And I let them pick what it is that they need to do. And they have to agree on it. You know, they'll be like, okay, we're going to do 10 pushups, whoever loses. Cool. You agree with that? You agree with that? Awesome. Let's do this. And it's been proven. I don't know if you've seen the research on this, but if you're racing somebody or somebody's chasing you, you actually run faster. And I mean, it makes sense to me, flight or fight, right? And <laughs> that's, so, that's what I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's one of those things that you take the thinking part out of it. So we sit there and we groove these patterns over and over and over. And then you get them primed in that mindset. And then you put them in a competition. They're more likely to improve on it. And that's what we're looking for is improvement, not perfection. Because you can look at... Uh, I don't know what his name, uh, Usain Bolt. He is one of the fastest people ever to have run. And if you look out at his running mechanics, there are people out there who nitpick it. And it's like, cool, awesome. Yeah, he has stuff to work on, but he's still one of the fastest people ever. Like, I remember reading an article on that. What you just said, it's like going, his mechanics is somebody, some running coach said, his mechanics are all wrong. Yeah, but you're not beating him in 100 anytime soon. Yeah. It, it's not about the perfection. It's about progress. Can you improve on it? I'm sure you could. Someone at his level, you're not going to change it drastically. It's going to be a very minute change, if any, you know, but when we got these younger kids, are you going to see a drastic change? Yes. Is it going to be more beneficial to them than the high elite guy? Probably because they're going to hit growth spurts. They're going to start getting stronger. Their bodies are changing which that's why we're doing all this so they can be a better athlete by the time they're hitting 17, 18, 19 years old and they're competing at a higher level, college, maybe even the professional level. You just talked about, you just brought up a point. We were talking about earlier about talking about dramatic changes really quick. Um, you were in, in the first class. You said you were doing your timings. And what were some of the changes you were seeing from the beginning to the end? Um, it wasn't even beginning to end, man. It was, uh, we did our warm up. Uh, we started doing about a seven yard sprint because we didn't have too much room in there. But I'd let them get whatever stance they wanted. It was, it was a staggered stance more, more often than not. But I would time them. You're going from point A to point B, run as fast as you can. Cool. Awesome. We timed it. It was about 1.5 seconds, I believe, was about the average. And then we, did that a couple times. We got a little tired. Then I broke down the arm swing. So half kneeling arm swing. We, we taught him how to throw the arm back. So hands going from cheek down to the butt cheek, right? So cheek to cheek, but we emphasize the elbow. So it's not an arm action. It's an elbow action. And we sat there, we drilled that two times on each side. We got back up and I was like, all right, guys, look, all I want you to do now is when you go to take off, throw that arm, and you'll be good to go. Next one we ran, it ended up being, I think 1.25. So we took off about a quarter of a second, just in about 10 minutes. So it's just cleaning up the little things that they don't know, right? Cause you don't know what you don't know. Nobody's ever been taught that. And we can start to break that down and implement it on like a daily basis. So like in the warmups, they're going to get those micro doses and it's just going to help them groove those patterns. So when we actually start to get into, let's say, linear acceleration or change of direction or retreating, those are my main movements. But we've already been working on them all day, every day for the warm up. So they're getting those little micro doses and you're going to watch them improve over, you know, the six week period or eight week period or however long that you're working with them. So 
especially when you're looking at some of the uh, difference between a first and a second, it literally, like you said, it could be 0.1 tenth of a second, even like 0.300, three thousandths of a second. It's yeah. like those little things, little cleanups you just did can make a huge difference on who comes first across the line. Exactly. You know, if we can take off, let's say a hundredth of a second off of every step. I mean, think of how many steps in a 40 and you're cleaning up that much of a, of a, of, of on each step, then, you know, out of the whole 40, let's say it takes you, I don't know, 50 steps you're taking off. And that's about a half a second. You just cleaned up on a 40 people. Yeah. That, that is huge, you know, and especially for like the younger kids, because they're seeing all the NFL guys and, and stuff doing these four, four forties and stuff like that. Like that's their goal, but they have to understand they're not quite there yet. Their bodies aren't there yet. <laughs> that, that, that article you, you, you posted absolutely loved it. And it, and it just starts to get the kids a little bit more aware, but also the parents too, that, Hey, like this is a process. It's, it's going to take time. Yep. You know? Well, also, like you just said earlier, the growth. It's like those times are usually kids that are seniors or juniors and they're not really kids. Nowadays, some of those guys are like 18, 19 years old who are like six, three and above. So their strides are huge and they already got plenty of muscle mass to explode. So we're in a, we're in a new age of, of athletes you know, there are plenty of, I've seen 14, 15, 16 year olds that look like they're 18, 19, 20 years old. And it's just like, wow, you are going to be a beast. And then you sit there and talk to them about what they've done for training the last, you know, four years. And they played multiple sports. Their dad was really big into weightlifting and being athletic. And, you know, you see how someone like that was, was growing up and just the environment they've been in. And you see how much it, it takes a toll on you, you know, it, like it shapes you a lot more than people think. You brought that up earlier. And I've talked, I've looked at like Ohio State and all the big, the big D1s. They want multiple sports mm-hmm. um, athletes. What are your thoughts on that? I absolutely think that is one of the best things you could ever do for an athlete, period. You know, each sport has its own set of demands. Okay. I'm like, like me and you know, there are about seven, maybe eight different movements when we're talking about speed and performance. Now, each sport is going to be a little bit different as far as how much, let's say, jumping versus, you know, running straight or change of direction. Like it's all going to vary just a little bit. But the more sports you can play, the more coordinated you're going to be, the stronger you're going to be in different positions. Um, and I think it's just one of the best things you can do to be an all around better athlete. And I think what we tend to misinterpret is the, um, the definition of an athlete versus a player. An athlete is somebody who can go out there and just do stuff and make it look effortlessly. A player is really going to have the skill to play basketball, you know, the shooting, the dribbling, um, to play hockey, you know, to, to shoot the goal, things like that. It's just really different as far as the skill. Mm-hmm. And it's our job to make them a better athlete and being able to move. And it's coach's job to make them a better football player, basketball player, soccer player, baseball, it does not matter. It's their job to do that. It's their job to teach the skill. It's our job just to get them someone who can hit those positions that they need to when they need to. 
I think the, I think you hit it right there. I, I tell, I go, my job is to make your body move better. So then your skills coach can introduce you to the next level, to the next level, to the next level. Cause you can't get in a position. He, he can teach you all the ball stuff in the world, but it don't, it won't matter whether it's baseball, soccer, football, any of that stuff. If your body can't handle what he's trying to teach you, you're stuck yeah. at that level. Yeah, definitely. And you know, um, I think it really goes back to getting us stronger in those positions. Cause when we're stronger in a position, we can minimize those, those injuries, right? So if your limit is only here to here, and I'm asking you to hit the very tip top of this one, you're probably going to get hurt eventually whenever we start talking about overuse. Right. But if I can make your, your, your range go from here to here, and I'm still asking you to be here, you're a lot safer in the movements, your, your, your body can handle it a lot better without the risk of injury. And, you know, the whole injury thing, man, it, it goes back to, you know, sports is chaotic. Things do happen. I can't say, Hey, I'm going to reduce injury or eliminate injury. You know, I can, I can get you stronger and allow you to be more resilient, you know, but injury prevention, complete myth. When we, when we're talking about the stuff that we do, I think it's an industry facade, if you will, like parents like to hear that. And, you know, I, I won't say that I, I, I prevent injury. I, I'll say I'll make you more injury resilient. Like you'll bounce back. You'll, you'll, you'll do a lot more, but nobody can prevent injury. 100%. I tell people, I go, I'm here to lessen the chances, Yeah. To, but there's no hundred percent because you get into a game, bam, there, you know, there's never, one one way that somewhere is going to you watch the NBA. Some of the guys are just jumping up and on their way up, they're hurt. They're not yeah. even landing. So yeah. it's like when and they're not no one near them. And so that's the thing. Like you said, there's no 100 percent. All we can do as trainers is just try to help, help them to move their body more efficient. So the chances are lesser, but nothing's 100 percent. Right. Cause it goes back to sport. The actual game is really chaotic. You can't plan for somebody to move this way or that way or how they land on you. If that's the case, like you have no say in that whatsoever. And you know, things happen, man. And a kid, uh, one of the kids, he was running. He found the one tiny hole on the field, caught his toe and twisted his ankle in the middle of a football game. I'm like, yeah, there's no way you can uh, do something like that. Yeah. I mean, even being off by like a split second going to catch a ball and you jam or break your, your finger, you know, it, I mean, things happen. You have no idea. So what sports are you training now? Specifically right now, I have basketball and that's my main focus right now. It's really big out here. Um, I've talked with a few volleyball uh, parents and, and players. Um, so I'm working on that. I actually got into a sports complex in Des Moines. We're working on something now where work with their volleyball players. Uh, they're going into soccer, basketball, and I think they're going to start having football as well. So, um, I absolutely love working with football players. It's really explosive. Love basketball just because of the jumping and the skill aspect of it. Plus you're inside and you know, sometimes it rains. So do you have uh, any future uh, plans? Because right now you got a camp going. Um, yep. Any uh, future ones getting ready to start? You know, I've had a lot of interest with uh, more of the basketball. 
um, volleyball again, because it's really big out over here. It's just finding the space and, and having enough interest to make it worth it. Um, football, um, there's a couple high schools out here that are really interested. I think we're going to start something on Saturdays just to kind of get them a feel for it. And, you know, if they like it, then cool. They like it. If not, you know, that's their loss, not mine. <laughs> well, and you, we brought up COVID at the beginning. What are your thoughts on um, how the kids are coming back from COVID? You know, here in Virginia, it is sorely missed. You know, um, it's 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 one of those things that the parents and the, the kids, they, they want to go out and play, you know. And I think most players – everywhere are feeling the exact same thing. I know a lot of states are a lot more lenient than others. And you see the the impact that it's having on the sport, not only physically, but mentally as well. Um, you're getting a feel for these athletes. Are they mentally tough? Can they handle it? And you see a lot of kids starting to break, for lack of a better word. They're, they're uh, GPA and everything is suffering. They're not having the will, the passion to follow through with this stuff like they used to. And I think now that it's all starting to, to normalize a little bit, um, you're, you're watching the grades come back up. You're watching that passion come back into it, which I think is really nice. And it was sorely missed. And to be honest with you, I, you know, COVID, and this is just obviously my opinion, you know, there's a lot of research out there right now that uh, the more active you are, you're actually strengthening your immune system and it's it's helping people versus shutting down gyms, shutting down most activity and telling people to stay inside. Like, I get it. If you're at high risk, then definitely be cautious, but you should also be getting out and exercising and, and helping your immune system more than just staying inside. So... And as we've seen, like even the NBA or an NBA, this all professional sports, as they came back off of COVID, the injuries have gone through the roof. And you're talking about people that were professionally trained, stuff like that, but they're uh, uh, not doing as much as they used to. So when the kids being locked in as much as they can, what do you think some of the things that the parents, as the kids start to, and the, and the, and the sports start to ramp up, what do you think some of the kids, uh, the parents can do with the kids to start to get them? just to uh, do things besides just going to their coaching and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'm really big on getting uh, parents involved in, in what I do just so they can not only learn what their kids are doing, but they can do it at home, you know, cause this camp is only going once a week. You know, I, I, I will encourage the parents, Hey, follow my videos, you know, reach out if you have questions and I want them to do something with them at least once a day, 15, 20 minutes, if we're talking about speed and it could be the warm up that we did. And I send them the, the template of what we did that day. And if they do that, they're working on the mechanics, they're working on the elasticity, they're working on uh, the body mechanics of what we want. So they can actually do it the next time. But I mean, just getting out, let the kids play, let them be kids. Essentially free play is something that is not really done anymore for let's say the whole COVID thing. People are a little, little wary about it, but going out and playing a pickup game of basketball at the school or like even on the street with the neighbors or playing a game of 
flag football or tag stuff like that gets them out and it, it gets them moving, but it also gets them to think tactfully. It gets them to change directions, accelerate, decelerate. It gets them to be more body aware than just sitting around playing video games, you know, hand-eye coordination, like don't get me wrong, video games, it does help with hand-eye coordination, but it's it's different because now you're moving and you have to figure out your spatial awareness at the same time, not just what are my hands doing, what are my eyes doing, you know, like there's a lot more to it, which I think is being lost with more and more of the generations as we keep going into the technology portion of things. Well, and also uh, even before COVID, recess, um, just free play in schools have slowly left away, even PE. It used to be like they'd have those games that there were winners, there were losers. So, but you'd dodgeball all the different things, but now they've got stuff that shy away from sports, unfortunately, because net it hurts someone's feelings instead of, okay, I lost. Okay. How can I be better? Mm-hmm. Um, so that goes away. Um, I think also the way, what you said was that free play going out and play then you don't have that coach yelling at you. You can play and get the and just have fun with it. And then when you go back to the coaching environment, at least you've already done something before going in there going, ah, everything's crazy. Yeah. It lets you figure things out for yourself. You know, I can sit here and talk to my daughter about how to sprint and run and do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't make sense to her and she's not trying it on her own, a, she's not going to practice it on her own. If I'm sitting here yelling at her, it's not going to be fun for her. But when they figure it out, they get that aha moment is what I like to call it because they're all of a sudden it clicks. They're like, Oh, that's what I need to do. And then they do it over and over and they get better at it every single time that they do it. And I love seeing that, 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 that click they'll they, Oh my God, I got it. And it just lights up, you know, their face lights up. They get so much more excited for it. And, you know, that's why we really do it is to have the kids have fun. You know, as parents, we need to kind of step back and realize it, it, it's about them. I know you want your kid to, you know, go to the NBA or the NFL. Like, I get it. Like, I'm a parent. I want that, too. You know, but it's also a process. And if we can't make the process fun for them, then they're going to eventually lose that passion. You know, if we take gymnastics, you see so many kids being burnt out. At a, at a young age, you know, they've been doing it for so many years that eventually their bodies can't take it and they lose that passion, you know? So if we can keep it fun and keep it invigorating for them, you're going to see them make lifelong changes as far as like physical and decisions and things like that. But you're also going to see them a lot happier too, because now they're making the choice to want to go and be active versus coach sitting here telling me and yelling at me that I need to do this or I'm doing this wrong, you know? So James, give me one last thing you think that the parents and the children should go out and do this summer. Let's see one thing they should do. I love tag or Nerf wars. Nerf wars I think would be really fun. So you just get a few Nerf guns you go out there, I mean, you can grab the neighbor kids, neighbors, their friends, you know, have a big party, obviously with COVID, depending on the state that you're in, right? Yeah. But 
go out there and have a nerf war. You know, it, it's just like tag, but they're still changing directions. They're having fun with it. And they're, I mean, that's what it really is. They're moving, they're sprinting, they're stopping, decelerating, they're doing all this stuff, but yet it's, it's fun for everyone. I mean, I go out there with my kids and I play nerf wars all the time. Like you get some of the bigger guns, you get some of the smaller ones. Hey, you got your distancing. Yeah. You got your distance. It's almost like call of duty, man. That's all it is. <laughs> Just the original version. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> Ours was using BB guns. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't suggest that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think you can find them that much anymore. Hey, Probably James, not. thank you very much for joining us today. Um, to my audience, I'll have James information with all this stuff. Great trainer. Again, if you're in Virginia, reach out to him once uh, I want to put the information up as well as, it sounds like he'll be going to Iowa here soon to help out with a, another great facility. So again, James, thank you for joining us today and have a great afternoon. I appreciate you guys having me on. Now. Thank you for joining us for Fair Essentials on Fitness today. If you like it, subscribe to a podcast as well as share it out to others that may be in the same interest. At any point in time, leave a question. Hopefully we can get back to you and give you the information that you're looking for. Again, thank you very much. This is Coach Chris from Bear Fitness.